Hello, welcome to episode 213 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week we're going to talk about some like cool cards we've pulled, neat cards from back in the day that we really liked for whatever reason, and just yeah. like kind of odds and ends that the people wanted to hear about. Yeah, I had uh, maybe just a couple limited things that we didn't touch on last week, now that I've had a little bit of time with the format. And uh, yeah, we had one of our one of our listeners wanted to know some stories about about when we were just wee lads. Mm-hmm. So we're and gonna I, give the people what we want, what they want. And I have some some. Uh, I, I took the iconic pools when we were younger to be like not that much younger. So <laughs> I was thinking of some things that are Basically a little more recently any younger than we are currently. Yes. Huh? Any time that is not now would be younger. Yeah. So. I think specifically he was looking for one, like way back when. But sure, I mean, there's certainly iconic things that have happened since we returned to the game that haven't been that long ago. So, yeah. And actually, I guess realistically, that was five or six years ago now. So yeah, yeah really, we were younger then. We were. <laughs> so, um, if you want to get at us and give us show ideas or anything, you can get at us on social media. All those links: Facebook, Twitter. Discord are in the description, so go check those out and come uh, interact with us, please. Yeah, please do that. Um, if you're looking to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do it. The first is with our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, head on over there, purchase any singles that you're looking to purchase, and uh, we'll get credit for you know whatever you buy. Help support the show that way at no cost to you, just by buying the stuff you normally buy. Uh, our second way is with Patreon, patreon.com slash casual MTG. You can chip a couple bucks in directly to us. And we would greatly appreciate it. However much you feel we're worth, we would gladly accept. Uh, in return, you get access to our pre-show, which is kind of another hour of us. Not always magic related, but usually there's some magic related stuff in there. Um, you also get access to our show notes and you get put on a mailing list for when I have cool stuff to send you guys. Um, next round of give back should be going out in March sometime. So hop on over to patreon.com slash casual Sign up. Like I said, chip a couple bucks in and, uh, make sure you shoot me your mailing address and I'll get you added to my list and you'll get some swag, get some cool stuff. And they're always yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. They're usually, they're usually pretty cool. People seem to really enjoy them. So, um, on top of that, we want to remind all you guys that we have a YouTube channel. Uh, casual Tryhard MTG on YouTube. You can just search us. We'll come up. We're not cool enough to have our own link yet, but uh, if you just search Casual Tryhard MTG, we will come up. Um, Brian's putting out limited content a couple times a week. Um, we were doing like three times a week. It might not be three times a week. We'll see. All the time, but yeah, we'll see. This limited environment I don't think is uh, the best, which might make it hard to maintain focus throughout the entire season and also you got a whole bunch going on right now so i i do just a little bit yep uh but brian does limited content there a couple times a week um i do my tomfoolery tuesdays which lately has been a whole lot of historic brawl so if you want to see him some historic brawl check me out on tuesdays although i will play other stuff randomly also so make sure you check that out and then you can also check out a video version of this episode where you get to watch me and Brian converse instead of just listen to me and Brian converse. Uh, and that releases alongside the show on Thursdays. So check us out there. 
Damn. Uh, I think that's it for for beginning of the show. You ready yeah. to get into it? Let's get into this. All right. So on, we'll just knock out this limited stuff real quick, and then we'll get into some stories. Okay. Um, we had talked, you know, kind of at length last week about our initial impressions of the limited format, and the deck that I have had the most success with, we didn't talk about at all. Okay, what was that? What is this? Um, like some version of red-green oil. Okay. Um, right after we finished the show, I fired off a undefeated draft with oh, it. Oh, nice. Well, I, I think I sent it to you, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you're... Yeah. You, I sent uh, you a, a screenshot of the, the undefeated screen and the deck list. In case I didn't believe you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I I don't know if your um if your deck was representative of what uh, the typical red green oil deck is, because yeah. that that deck was kind of bonkers. Oh yeah, that deck was kind of nuts. <laughs> uh, uh, Tyrannix, uh, Tyrannix Rex, Aluka. Yeah, the Luka was pretty good. That the big dinosaur, I never, never, never even drew. It. I don't think. Yeah, like I think the uh, oil gorger troll is really good. Yep. It it's um, the only thing is like I said like if like you've got six poison counters, you gaining three life doesn't matter, right? Uh, like it, no, like, but it's also like a reasonably sized body that drew you a card. It is like. But it, it is in like it's in a weird spot where like yeah. the like the like I feel like they had to tack the like draw a card on it because the gain three life yeah. wasn't always good. Yeah. Um honestly I think that's probably one of the weakest cards in that deck. And we can break down the archetype a little bit if you want to. Sure. Um I think I'm like seven drafts into this format, seven or eight drafts in. Okay. You're actually ahead of me now. Um Three of them have been red, green, oil. Okay. The three that were red, green, oil, uh, two of them were seven win drafts. Oh, nice. One of them was a six win draft. Okay. All of the rest of them have been zero or one. Oh, geez. Yep. So I'm uh, probably not drafting a whole bunch, any, whole bunch anymore. I don't know if this is like a sneaky good archetype that nobody's drafting. It could be like red has been pretty open. Yeah. Um. So, what are your um? What are the things you're looking for to like get into this archetype? Um, I've been kind of gravitating towards the payoffs first, kind of like you know we were talking about last week with um. Oh, what was it? Corrupted. Yeah, with corrupted, we were drafting the payoffs first and then kind of backdooring into the archetype. I've been kind of doing the same thing. Okay. Um, the payoffs aren't like beat you in the face good, but the oil counters are basically free on just about every card. Mm -hmm. So like the cards do more than you think they do. The, um, the guy that gets like plus X plus O when he attacks like the two, three would trample. Yeah. And plus, like the X is equal to the number of permanents you control with oil counters on them. Is it like war? That, is that it the Forge Hammer Centurion? Uh, no, that's the one that prevents things from blocking. Okay. Uh, it's like a Hellion, I think. Cinder uh, Forge Hellion, maybe. Is that okay. It? You, this one, this deck has Kaldolfa Cackler. 
I gotta like look oh, at these cards. Maybe, yeah, I think that's the one. It's like a three mana two three with trample, and it gets plus X plus O when it attacks. We're just gonna look up uh, text of oil and see what we get here. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you want those? Yep. Like, I think oil might be a little bit easier in terms of like getting the like getting the payoffs and then kind of doing the oil stuff. Yeah. Where like I think that the toxic stuff maybe you should get the things that give you poison counters mm -hmm. and then take the cards that are like okay but great when you have uh toxic or yeah. when you have corrupted a little bit later. Yeah, so uh Kadalfa Cackler, yeah, is the is the uh the trample get plus X plus O where X is the number yeah. of permanents with oil counters, yeah. And then the um, there's a four drop four two. It's like Urabresk's something or other. Uh, Urabresk anointer. Yeah, it like bolts something equal to the number of oil counters you like permanents with oil counters on them you have. Okay, yeah, that thing's pretty nuts too. Um, but even like just the general oil stuff is good. Like the uh, the five drop four five that enters with two oil counters. And you can remove an oil counter to give something haste. Mm -hmm. Like that thing's a house. Um, I think every time I've resolved one of those, I've won the game. The uh, furnace strider. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess you can give it self haste, right? Yeah, you give it self haste, and then you know whatever whatever random thing in your hand you have left the next turn, like just kills them. Fair. Um. And then, like, some easy ways to get oil counters, the uh, the one drop with haste. Mm -hmm. um, I just saw Exuberant Fuseling. Uh, well, that one also, but the other one, the Scamp. Oh, man. I'm, like, trying to go through them and find them. Uh, Blade Scamp. It's a one-mana, one-one with haste. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, it gets an oil counter, and then you can tap it to ping your opponent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Counter. Um... Like, with this deck, you just want to have oil counters on, like, all of your stuff. So, like, even though you may or may not ever use that one damage, like, just the fact that it has an oil counter, like, powers up all the rest of your stuff. Yeah. Like, if you can cast Urbrask's Anointer there and, like, kill a blocker and swing, like, that oil counter on the Sawblade Scamp did a whole lot more than the one damage. Fair. Um... And then, like, you also get to make better use of Red's um, spells mm -hmm. because there's a couple different cards that, like, care about casting non-creature spells and, like, give you oil counters. So things like uh, Volt Charge, like, that's a reasonable removal spell anyway. And then all your stuff that cares about non-creature spell spells, like the Scamp, gets an oil counter. And then you get to Proliferate, like, all your oil counters. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like you said, the, the other one, one, what was it? Um, the exuberant guy, exuberant, yeah, fuseling. The exuberant fuseling. Um, that thing's kind of nuts with the combat trick, red's combat trick. Mm -hmm. One mana plus two plus two and put two oil counters on it. Like that thing just gets huge. Yes. I have, I have had that happen to me. Where I was like, holy crap, this was like plus four, plus two for one mana. Yeah. And 
Well, I mean, that's just the red stuff. Like, the green stuff is no joke either. You get to ramp out with the green one drop. Um, it's not till turn three, but you get to ramp out with it. Restvine Cultivator? Then, yeah, the Cultivator. Um, and we talked a little bit about the Troll. Um, and honestly, I think that's one of the weakest cards in the archetype, is that Troll mm-hmm. that draws you a card. But, like, being a reasonable-sized body that draws you a card is super relevant, too. Agreed. Um, honestly, the deck is probably like mostly red, mm-hmm. and then whatever other color you feel is open, like to get you the oil counter stuff. Like you could do black for the mosquito, like that's a reasonable payoff for the oil counters. You could do blue for the two mana unblockable guy, like that's also a reasonable payoff for uh, the acre core synthesizer. Yeah. Um. I think the green just has like more stuff that enters with oil counters. So yeah. like I've had a little bit more luck with green just because like I can fill out the deck with stuff that makes oil counters that way. But I've had a lot of a lot of luck with like versions of this. Gotcha. My drafts have all been like I've done five. Yeah. Uh and my drafts have been like more less swingy than yours. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a 1-3, that was my first draft, and then I've gone 3-3 three, three, three times, and then a 7-2. Yeah. So, um, but I've not draft. I drafted blue-green, like, proliferate, which was kind of like blue-green oil, but I've not yeah. done, like, the red oil thing. So, maybe uh, I, I should mean, try like the, that. The red stuff probably isn't, like, super your style, so I don't know if it's something that you would have even, like, been on the lookout for mm-hmm. that was open, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, there have definitely been some drafts where, like, there are four red cards at the end of the pack. Yeah. Like, multiple times. Yeah. So, it could just be that I was, like, not prioritizing them. Yeah. The, um, like, the gold card is really good, too. The one that gets cheaper uh-huh. like, for, like, your oil cards. Like, that thing's a huge body with Vigilance that is usually, like, three or four mana. Yeah, the uh, Cinder Lash something. Yeah. And then you give it haste with your uh, your five drop and, like, yeah. you just Kill crush them. people. Fair. I did have um, someone play that five drop against me, and I was like, dear God, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, like, it, it dies to nothing. <laughs> Like, it wins most combats and only dies to a handful of conditional removal spells. Yeah. I, uh, the blue-green deck I played had Incubation Sack, which I just mm-hmm. feels, like, a little slow, but it can, like, take over a game if you get to that point. Yeah, the, like, the red version of the Sack mm-hmm. is also really good in this deck. The Churning Reservoir. Okay. It's a one mana, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you put an oil counter on another target uh, non, non-token artifact or creature. Okay. So at like every upkeep, it just spreads around oil counters. Um, and you make and that, one ones. The one ones don't even really matter. All that like in in this deck, you're like happy just to pay a mana on the first turn to put oil counters on all your stuff every turn. Gotcha. Um, like even stuff that doesn't care about oil, you're happy to have an oil counter on it because like all your garbage cares about the number of things with oil on them. It is the churning reservoir is so weird. Yeah. Like 
you can't make the thing unless you have unless you've like lost an oil counter from somewhere. Yeah. Like or something has died, it almost feels like the thing is like almost like a red black gold card. Yeah, kind of. It just it just feels weird. Um but no, I can see that. Like I definitely uh, took a stand one draft and passed an Urabrask's for- Forge. Yeah. I was like, I'm not taking this. I'm taking a Toxic card. Yeah. I think that, I think this, that, my, that was either my 3-3 three, three I punted draft or uh, my last one or uh, the 7-1 seven, the seven one, one where it's like, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> um, my opponent being at 10 makes life easier. Yeah. Um, but no, I could definitely... See, like, there has to be something other than, uh, like, Toxic. Yeah. And, like, I think the red-green deck is another deck that does not super encourage you to block. Right. Which, from what I have gathered, is uh, not good. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a chance to watch the video, but... 17 lands put out a video about the format that Cirkovitz did. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was listening to arena deck list from, I guess it would have been Thursday or Friday. And um, they were talking about the 17 lands data. And apparently this format, according to 17 lands, has the fewest numbers of turns played per game. I believe it. Most games are done between turn seven and eight. Wow. And has the biggest delta between play and draw of any format oh. since Arena started. Holy moly. If you're on the play, you win 55% of your matches. Just by being on the play. Just by being on the play. Wow. Um, so we'll see if that changes. Yeah. But it's one of those things that, like, that's a hard thing to change because, like, it's not like people aren't taking whatever hex gold strike. Yeah. Or, you know, whisper of the dross. Like, it's not like, no, I don't want these cheap removal spells. It's like, no, we know that the the shock that is sometimes also just a terminate is good. So, um, it's, it's weird. Like, I don't know how you, like, fix that. Like, how you, like, yeah. get more mid-rangey. This might just be a format where, like, if you're on the play, your opponent can never block. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so this oil deck is also very aggressive. Yeah, oh, or super can aggressive. be. I mean, like I said, like, that's that's kind of my jam anyway, and that's probably yeah. why, like, you haven't seen this deck be open. Yeah, I, um, I would like to point out... The white combat trick, the plus two plus two, and oh, draw a card. It, draw a card if the uh, yeah if the creature has toxic. I have second picked that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this card is dumb. I'm just gonna take it, this. I'm gonna take toxic dumb. things, like and like the the crawling whatever crawling chorus. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want as many of these in the stupid combat trick as I can get because I want to play <laughs> crawling chorus on one. Yeah. And tap it on turn two. Are you going to block? Cool. I have a removal spell that cantrips. Are yeah. you not? I'm going to get in one toxic. And now you have to play the entire game of, oh, no, 
do they have proliferate stuff? I'm now on a clock. <laughs> and, and then I play a two drop, and you're just like, and the next turn, I'm just going to attack with my one one and like, can't tripping removal spell, or you're going to get another poison. Yeah. So the, I, uh... I have embraced it a little bit. I would much okay. rather like, <laughs> I'd much rather it if you were like, yeah, you know, oil gorger troll is the best card in the deck. I'd be like, yeah, yeah that's, that's the format I want to play. But if it's no. Oil Gorge Troll is the worst card in the deck, and okay. one Oil mana hate. Troll is likely closer to the worst card than the best card. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, but unfortunately, if you're like, no, no, the Raging Goblin with Upside, that is the best card in the format. It's like, okay, I guess I have to play Raging Goblins. Fine. The, uh, like the red you'd probably be more interested in the red blue version and i think mm -hmm. that deck's solid too like the guy that gets unblockable that that thing will just win a game by itself yeah i guess it is a uh it is plus two plus one that is a thing yeah and, and mean, it gets unblockable <laughs> yes say three three unblockable one i guess with the experimental augury like yeah. it just gets two counters yeah, I looked at my first deck was like blue green, and it was definitely like because I started both formats trying to play blue green. Don't play blue green, I guess. Um, <laughs> but like that was more of a slow like set up shop. Yeah, deck uh, you and like you can't set up shop. Oh, uh, don't forget about the Icker Plate Golem. Icker. Oh yeah, I had an opponent play one of those. And I was like, this is super annoying. That card is great. The three mana two three. And whenever a creature enters the battlefield with an oil counter, it gets an extra one. Mm -hmm. And then, like, all of your things with oil on them get plus one, plus one. Yes. It's a, like a super combo trick with that, with Red's combat trick, because it's like plus three, plus three. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I guess, I guess I'm now, in, I guess I'm now dead. Yeah. Um,. What do you think about the Magmatic Sprinter? The 3-2 haste that goes back into your hand if it doesn't have oil counters on it? Um, I actually like that guy more than the one that gives unblockable. Which which one was the one that gives unblockable? Uh, Firehammer Centurion? Yeah, Forgehammer, yeah. Forgehammer, um, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I, I like the Sprinter better um, because you can like reload your oil stuff. Mm -hmm. Like If you need to give something haste, you... Like put the counters on your uh, your five drop there, your furnace strider. If you need to power up your unblockable guy, you power up your unblockable guy. Um, hmm. I think he like if all you're doing is putting the oil counters on him to keep him around a turn, he's not worth it. Yeah. Um, but he's super useful just to spread the oil around. Oh, I guess that's right. Like he never gets to stay on the battlefield. Yeah, like you put the oil counters on something else and then he bounces and you get to reload another. But like if you put the oil counters on him, he's only around for one more turn. Right, yeah. Yeah, Which I away. guess is fine if like they die that turn. Right. But okay. I had not tried that deck. Yeah, it's cool. I dig it. Okay. We will I'll give that one I'll give that one a look. I kind of want to draft now, but I'm like, no, you have stuff to do. You have <laughs> to be an a, adult. There's one more card that I want to talk about, and I don't remember. I don't think it was something that we talked about last week, and I don't remember if it was something 
I saw in a post or in a video or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the seed core. Oh yeah. Casts like just about every creature in this set. I uh, had one in a deck. I was playing a, th- a three-color toxic deck. I don't know which three-color do- toxic deck. I think it was my second one. And I was just like, oh, like all my, literally all my creatures were Phyrexians. Yeah. The, well, all of the Mirans are like snap-on equipment. So like every creature in the set is a Phyrexian. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the seed core passed to me like fifth pick, third pack. Like, nobody wants these things. And I don't know why, because it's just, like, ancient ziggurat. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think people look at it and go, like, oh, it doesn't cast my spells. But I don't know. I mean, somebody just... Uh, it's like, an ancient ziggurat that does cast your spells. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't cast your non-creature spells, right? Right. Well, I mean, it still caps, taps for colorless. It's it not does. Just a dead it does. Band, but yeah, it doesn't tap for colors. Um, but like, so just looking at the oil stuff, right? There are, like you said, all of the oil creatures are Phyrexians. Mm-hmm. Like all the creatures that say that have oil are Phyrexians. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know what creatures aren't um, Phyrexians. Uh. Malira, Jorkadine. And that's it. And we're done. Yeah. Yep. That's all I see so far. Alright, I can... Everything is Phyrexian. There are no green creatures without Phyrexian. All right, so I'm going to look up creatures that are not oh, for- Resistance Sky Warden. It's not Phyrexian. All right, so let's see here. Um, Tina Finisher is not, not Phyrexian. And, like, I know it's a rare, so it's not like... You're going to you know, get it all the time. ...doing a deep dive on, but... The number of them I've seen, like incredibly late, where it's just it's just the Rainbow Land. Yeah. Yeah. There's only there's like four creatures that it doesn't cast. If I could figure out how to use, if I could be smart and figure out how to use Scryfall, uh, I, I could tell you the exact number, but I have messed it up literally every time I've tried it. <laughs> I've like clicked the wrong thing. Let's see if we can do it now. There are eleven creatures that are not Phyrexian in the set. Okay. Uh one that is a small number. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six of them are rares. Yeah. Two of them are mirrors. Still cat still get to cast that with a. Your land, yeah, uh, and one because they're colorless. Yes, one has affinity, and one has a, and one's a five-five menace reach for five, which I think is unplayable. Yeah, yeah like two cats. 
So yeah, probably if you are not white, because it's f there are four white creatures and two. Well, there are. Well, I guess all the white creatures are rare except for one. So there's only one, two. Yeah, there are only five at common or uncommon. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, the land Draft is just speed core. Yeah, or not you, and pass them all to me, and I will take all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the like, the upside is fine. Like, oh hey, my one one's a two three now, or uh, sorry, I, I mean I've I, been blown out by that. A three two. That uh, works really good with the jawbone guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> jawbone guy works real well all the time. <laughs> I think he works well with everything. I think people have got the memo because you don't see them uh, that often. But um, Flensing Raptor, yeah, that card is great. Yeah, it's a Wing Drake with a paragraph on it, and yep. right, like the best thing you can do is um, like two drop into Flensing Drake. You're just like, oh, I guess you now have a. A poison counter, and you like took a bunch of damage. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, my seven win deck. I had two Dune Movers. Yeah, you like that guy. And I cut lands because of it. Yeah. So I played sixteen lands, and I was like, Dune Movers, my third land. Like I can keep yeah. two land Dune Mover and hit my third land. I've only had them a couple times. Um, like I think one, either one or two drafts I had doing mm -hmm. movers. Um, I don't know. I wasn't like super impressed, but like my decks haven't been real greedy either. Um, like my decks have probably been closer to 16 land decks anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, but I, I think that like being a two one is kind of fine in this format. Well, especially since he has toxic, like you're you're willing to play kind of a mediocre toxic two card as long as it has toxic, mm -hmm. yeah. Because like that guy into Flensing Raptor gets the job done. Yeah, I mean, and, I think like this guy is better than the three one green guy. Yeah, uh, I I played that uh, one. I got house by one uh, in my first draft, and then I played one. And I was so used to, oh, God, uh, the Brothers War. Mm -hmm. My opponent was, like, targeting it. I was like, oh, it has Ward 2. It does not have Ward 2. <laughs> yeah, it does not have Ward 2. Oopsie. It got, it got Whispers of the Drost real hard. Yeah. But, like, you know, I think if you have, like, say, two to three Dune Movers, you can probably cut a land. And be, be like, all right, my Dune Mover is my third land if I need it, or it's mm -hmm. just like not an embarrassing like two one. Yeah, and like you said, especially like in a toxic deck, where you're like, I just need as many things that say toxic on it as humanly possible mm -hmm. to push to push through. So I will try the oil deck. I have not tried that. I will try to free up some time in my schedule. You know, no problem, and uh, get that done. Uh, I almost took more screenshots to send to you, but I didn't want to rub it in because I knew you said you weren't super thrilled with this set. And like I said, every other draft I've had has been abysmal. So 
Yeah. It's only when that oil deck is open that I have I've found success. I have drafted a toxic deck the last oh gosh, no. I've only drafted I drafted Proliferate and then I've drafted Toxic every other draft. Yeah. I drafted white black, like mid rangey toxic, mm-hmm. then white green with a little bit of black, and then white blue where I just invented an archetype. <laughs> I was just blue white toxic where I just had like six or seven ways to give you a poison counter and yeah. then proliferate it. And then, uh, was that like, uh, is that blue green toxic or is that supposed to be white green? I don't know. I might've mislabeled that one, but yeah, I should probably play something different. Yeah. We'll try out the oil deck. I've been having fun with it. All right. And so now we wanted to go back and talk about some, classic opens yeah are there any memorable packs that you've cracked so not so i'm old so Mm -hmm. the like packs from high school don't really like remember them and they were mainly uh, to really get myself uh the occasional starter deck yeah not like I didn't buy like just a lot of ra- random packs. Mm-hmm. I um, I did, except that the era that I was playing in, um, things tended to be overprinted. Okay. So when I was buying random packs, they were like, um, discounted Fallen Empires, Homelands, Chronicles. <laughs> nice. Or like a dollar fifty a pack for Fallen Empires. <laughs> yeah. Probably 99 still, cents for homelands probably still the going rate for both <laughs> probably yeah uh you might open a hummer in ah. <laughs> yeah um so like nothing from like way 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 back in the day that i can mm-hmm. remember you, um like you weren't playing during revised right so you never opened no a duel. no never opened a duel um, um, my first starter deck had a plateau in it. Ooh, like the one that I learned how to play with had a plateau in it. Nice. I, uh, not a memorable pull, but uh, I really like the card Argivian Archaeologist. So mm-hmm. I had an Argivian Archaeologist from Antiquities. No reason why I liked it. It wasn't particularly good, but I, when I was in college. There was this, I think I might have told this before, there was a shirt of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy from the Batman animated series at the local game store. Mm-hmm. I traded that Argivian Archaeologist for that shirt. <laughs> I still have the shirt. I haven't worn it in years, but it's like somewhere in a drawer somewhere. I never got rid of it. But yeah. that. But I think Argivian Archaeologist is worth significantly more than a 20-year-old uh, 100%. Uh, shirt. Uh, yeah. That was uh, not not good investing, yeah. but again, like a million years ago, like no one thought that uh, uh, magic cards were worth anything. Was going to be a forty dollar magic card? Uh, yeah, like that just wasn't a thing that anyone thought was going to be a thing. Yeah, or lion's eye diamond. Like that is, I, I know I've said it a million times, but I that is one thing that I do remember opening at a game store, and being absolutely disappointed, and just 
dropping my cards in the trash can because I opened a lion's eye diamond. Um, so yeah, so in our giving archaeologists right now, uh, the market price is uh, $279. Yeah, worth a lot more than your Harley Quinn shirt, huh? Yeah, yeah, not my, not my finest moment Well, there. to be fair, though, Batman animated series was great. It was. Um, yeah. But also, like, dual lens were 20 bucks. Right. Right, so, like, you weren't like, oh, at no point did you ever think that dual lens were going to be $600. Yeah. Right, like, you could not conceive of a magic deck being that expensive, or a magic card being that expensive in... 2001 well so again another story that i think i've told on the show before but from when i was younger that's kind of related is in syracuse we had um carousel mall was like the big mall in syracuse Mm -hmm. at the end of onondaga lake and one of the larger game stores in the area sometimes would hold events like in the basement of carousel mall and the first one of those I went to, I remember talking to my opponent after one of the rounds. And, you know, I was just like a young kid. I was probably 13 or 14, mm-hmm. I think. And my opponent was a little bit older than me. He was probably 17 or 18. And he was talking about how he had just sold off his Power 9 to get a car. And like I at the time, I didn't know what Power Nine were, so I asked him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, the, the Moxes. They were. I, I got. I think I sold the whole Power Nine for like two thousand dollars, and I bought a Honda Civic." He can have a lot of Honda Civics now. Yeah, I mean, what's the what's the cheapest piece of power? Three grand, two grand. Mox Pearl. I feel like we've done this like experiment a few yeah. times here. Yeah, I think it's Mox Pearl. I feel like we have. Because we it used to be Time Twister, but it's definitely not Time Twister anymore. No, thanks, Commander. Um, an unlimited Mox Pearl is thirty four hundred. Yeah. So yeah, the more 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 than a Honda Civic. Yeah. Um, so not when I was uh an old timey person, uh. Not when I was little, but more recently. Um, so, uh, was it BFZ draft? So, this is like a million years ago now, right? So, I um, we, we used to do sign-ups. Like, sign up on a piece of paper for a draft. And mm-hmm. then hand our... Get our money. And they would call, and then we'd line up for packs. Yep. So, every so often... Anthony thought it would be funny to like give the packs that were supposed to go to you to the person behind you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very Anthony thing to do. And so he gave the packs that should have been mine to Nick. And then we drafted and Nick was right beside me. Also right beside me. And he cracked, opened his pack and found an expedition Expedition uh, Flooded Strand or Hollowed Fountain? It was a Hollowed Fountain. Do you know how I know? You have it? No. We opened our that pack at the same time, but I also pulled one. Oh. Me and Nick were sitting right next to each other and both opened an Expedition Hollowed Fountain. That Hollowed Fountain was supposed to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> but Anthony was like, whoop, 
And then I did not get out Expedition Hollowed Fountain. Yeah. Uh, I remember I opened a foil flooded strand mm-hmm. uh, that I held on to for a while and then traded to Rowan for stuff. <laughs> I forget. Know, huh? Don't even remember. It might have been like stupid stuff for like when I was like, I'll just play fish in modern yeah. or something. Uh, fish in modern. A simpler time. Um, I'm trying to think like anything else awesome that I've pulled um, Um, I think you were you were here at the pre-release for this next one Um, okay I opened a uh, invention uh, crucible of worlds oh yeah 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 which then set me on the dark path of foiling out depths (laughs) Because yep. I was like, I need a crucible of worlds. Get right there. I, oh, yeah, I did fine. I did fine. Um, so then I started on that whole thing because I opened... It was it was a pre-release. It was... Yeah. I guess it would have been Aether Revolt? Would have been Crucible? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then there was another... Oh, here, here's when we can we can roast Anthony if he's listening. So we're oh, yeah. driving up to, I think, Richmond for yep. Sealed. And we were like, it was for Amonkhet or Hour? Sealed. Hour, uh, I think. And it was, um, uh, we were like, oh, what is the card you want to open in your... Sealed pull the most. I'm trying to remember what the card was. Um, uh, um, it's a black enchantment. It's like pay a black, sack a creature. Yeah. Uh, kill your opponent's creature. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember the name of it. I want to say like an intent, but that's not it. Uh see here. I know it's an enchantment looking. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, not is not a not a creature. Crap, I still have the the wrong <laughs> search criterias. Yeah. I keep clicking There we go. And then let's see here. Nope. But it was uh and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's like I totally want to open that. Like that card would be great." Yeah. And um, Anthony opened it. Um, yeah. And then, like, didn't have it in his deck. Didn't right? put it in his deck. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. what? Well, what are you What are you doing? Like, this was the card we were talking about. Yeah. He was like, oh, it was? I was like, yeah, yeah it, it was. <laughs> it was. Um, and attrition. so, attrition. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Like, I said, I want to open it. Attri- and he opened the attrition and then didn't play it. Yeah, and I was just like, "What? what why? This, this is this is it? All of your <laughs> your worst creature kills their best creature for the entire game." Yep, this is great. <clears throat> um, that was that was the um, so some old some old tournament magic stories. So that was the um, the event that I day twoed, and I was mm-hmm. playing this like. It was like a red 
was it a it was a blue white deck I think, but I had um, I splashed like a for it. So it was a different. Maybe I think of a different tournament. I had I had a deck where I had a a random Samut, the mm-hmm. red green Samut with the white activation. Yeah, just randomly in my deck. <laughs> like I only had like two ways to cast it. It was awful, uh, but I somehow like did all right. Um, but I don't remember if that was that event or another one. Well, that would have been Amonkhet. I, I guess yeah. I don't know if which event was. Yeah, but we had um, that was the one where I day twoed, and I was talking to my uh, to people in my pod. It had to be Amonkhet because that was the um the Gideon story, right? Was on day two, Gideon the trials. Oh no 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 no! That was there were two in your pod. That was that might have been the second draft because that draft I, the 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 two Gideons was uh, I was in the same pod as Sam Party. Yeah, but that's the one that you day two, so that would have had to have been Amon. Yeah, uh, and that was the one I think I took. That one had two approaches. I have I have the decks. I could go get the decks out. I have the decks. <laughs> But that was, I was thinking of, I was talking to my day two people in my first pod and was talking to the person you played like round two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you were like in back to back games. This guy played like Glorybringer into Ronus or Ronus into Glorybringer. Well, it was like green trial, kill your thing into Ronus into Glorybringer. And I brought, I was like, oh, like, because I recognized his name, because you had said yeah. what his name was. It's like, oh, you played my buddy yesterday, and you went, like, Ronus and the Glorybringer, back-to-back games. And he's like, yeah. that didn't happen. That, that I, I didn't do that, like, all day. And I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, for those of you who do not have the, uh, the joys of old-school sealed events, <laughs> so, uh... There was a well-known phenomenon in sealed events where people's sealed decks sometimes look like constructed decks because they just brought some cards from home. And um, there there uh, there was no way for, like, how can I explain this? You registered your pool, but, Mm. like, they usually had like ten judges working a room of like eight hundred people. Yeah. The or o- more. the odds of you getting deck checked were very like low. very low. So people, especially in limited, like you don't maintain your deck through day two where there's less players. Yeah. So, so there's no way to like go back and check your deck. Yeah. So many times people would just like slide some extra cards in that they brought from home. Yeah. And so I, I often wonder if this person, whose name escapes me, so I don't have to say allegedly, um, right. makes me wonder if this person may have uh, had a slightly better pool uh, <laughs> than they would have been given to register. Yeah. Because uh, we went uh, through... Glorybringer and Ronus are both, like, the best cards you could open. <laughs> yeah, like, Glorybringer was, like, the best rare. Should have been a yeah. mythic. Yeah. And Ronus is a hell of a card to pair with it. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was just like, they were like, hmm, hmm. 
that was also where I beat someone. And I was like, I beat a pro. And he was like, good game. I was like, oh, good game. He's like, it was not. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Thanks. It's like, what would you have liked me to say to you uh, after this? Yep. I, I was, was looking for magic. I was looking for a pleasant I was looking for a pleasantry. I came to this one. And you're like, it was not. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe that should be the way we sign off the show from now on. And that was magic. <laughs> that was magic. Yeah, <laughs> but like he was a pro, and like I played around something, and I think it ticked him off at one point. Yeah. And then like he was trying to like rules lawyer me. Yeah. Because uh, that was when we had the like the aftermath cards. Mm-hmm. And I had the like the white one that made creatures, and then the black one you aftermath it and you set creatures to kill something. Yeah. And I like took the card and I like turned it sideways and put it at the bottom of my like graveyard, you know, because it's exiled now. Mm-hmm. And he he like was complaining that I needed to move it, and I was like, I turned it sideways and put it here. Where would you like me to put it? <laughs> Where do you want it to go? And yeah. he just like dropped it. I'm like, dude, like stop, like. Gosh, I can't remember his name. Gosh, what French guy, kind of a douche. Uh, gosh, I. Oh, that narrows it down. It really narrows it down. Sorry, French guys. <laughs> Our huge French contingent. Stupid American. Oh god, what was his name? Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was interesting. Yeah. So good. Good times. Uh, also, also was like, like all these people like. We're like, oh man, they're they're so famous in magic. Cannot remember his name. He won a pro tour. No clue who he is. Well, also, like all of these people that were so famous in magic, like don't mean anything anymore <laughs> because there's no, no like pro anything anymore. Yeah, it's just like, oh, hey, there's a Pioneer Pro Tour this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, Magic Thirty. Yep. Um. So. Have the the good the good sealed pool, and then have the uh, it was uh, was it it might have been Aether Revolt. It was either Kaladesh or Aether Revolt. Mm. Anthony and I practiced a whole bunch. I felt really prepared. Show up, and the best rare in my pool was Cumball. Oh, I just remember being crushed. I like just kept going. I was like, "There's gotta be, there's gotta be something." Come on, like what, what metalwork Marvel or whatever the five mana like bad energy Aetherling. Yeah. I was like, "Come on, come on!" And it was just like, "Come ball!" And I was like, "I, I, I can't, I can't with this. This is awful." That was well. That was the one that you guys like proxied seal pools, mm-hmm. for, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, you guys put a lot of work into that. And then like I just opened like a C minus sealed pool. Yeah. And I was like, well. I'm not good enough to get a C minus sealed pool today, too. So, uh, like, I needed you to be like a, a B. If you were a B sealed pool, I felt pretty good. But my sealed remember, pool was awful. Do you remember Chase's deck for that tournament? Uh, he had didn't he have Mana Crypt and something else? Chandra. Oh yeah, Mana Crypt and Chandra. Yeah. Yeah. I rem- like the the round after I scrubbed out, I went over to find Chase and was watching him play, and. <laughs> Like, he has to be the luckiest person on the planet. Like, that's just kind of Chase's MO, like, yeah. to begin with. And uh, I remember watching one of his games, and he was dead on board to his mana crypt for seven turns in a row. 
and never lost a coin flip <laughs> and won the game. I remember that he like specifically told a judge because they were in time yeah. and he was flipping a coin. He was like, yeah, we're not, I have a mana crypt. Like I'm not flipping the coin to like decide the winner. I, right. I have a mana crypt. I have to flip a coin. Yeah. Um, that was the one where like Cameron got a, a sculpting steel. Not not exactly a fire uh, a fire open there, <laughs> right? Um, hmm. What other? Oh gosh, I'm try- now I'm trying. It's so bad. Like I'm forgetting people's names. Like I can tell you, I do this with students too. Like I can tell you like where people are from, like about them and stuff. Can't remember the name. Well, I mean, I can tell you all about people's cars that I've never met. <laughs> Like I, re- I remember the cars. <laughs> um, gosh, uh, his brother was like a really good magic player from Baltimore. Brandon. Yes, there we go. See, we got there. Um, remember we did the like sealed league for like uh, shadows over Innistrad, or it was like every I Sunday. Played in that. You got like six packs, and then every week you got like a, uh, a an extra pack. Yeah, I stopped going because his deck. Maybe I kept going, but I his deck was basically a human precon deck, and the rest of us oh, were yeah. playing like sealed. Like his six packs were just like the best six packs you could open. Yeah, and like the rest, like, none of us could beat him the like the whole season. Like this is, I was like, oh, why are we even bothering? <laughs> um, it was there was Rise of the Eldrazi. This was also a sealed event. I didn't do well at sealed GP. My opponent sits down and has the Desolation Twin token mm-hmm. on top of their uh, on top of their stuff, and I was like, okay, like I don't think I can beat a Desolation Twin, but Fine. Desolation Twin was like ten mana for like an eight eight that like had a cash trigger of like make an eight eight. Make, make another one, yeah. Yeah. Um and so like uh my opponent uh taps a bunch of mana and uh I'm like, okay, I can um I can beat this Desolation Twin, maybe. And uh it was an Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Desolation Twin, 10 mana, 10 10. That uh, when you cast it, makes a 10 10. Makes a 10 10. And I was like, I don't think I can beat two 10 10s. But then I got Ulamog. I was like, I know I can't beat that. <laughs> it didn't matter. I was like, I was like, come so, on, Desolation Twin. Story. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, back when we first started going to tournaments. Mm hmm. It was the first tournament that, like, the old school artists were back on tour for. Okay. So, like, Dan Frazier and Doug Schuler and... Was that... Yes, was that... Jesper was there. Was that DC? In, like, the abandoned lows? No. No, this, it was before then. Okay. I don't, I don't remember where it was. Um, but I remember when I was a kid, um, I was just talking about the basement at carousel mall um when i was a kid they had an artist come around they did like an artist tour then also and it was the same artists it was doug Schuler, dan frazier um mark pool like all, all those iconic old school guys 
And I remember waiting in line to get cards signed. And I got a Demonic Tutor signed. Mm -hmm. I got a Mahomati Dijin signed. Okay. And I don't remember what else. There was something else I got signed too. But when I knew Doug Schuler and Dan Frazier and all them were going to be at whatever tournament this was, um, I brought those old cards with me. Cause I, and I think that was right after I had bought my um, my Beta Basics. Okay. So I went to this tournament with all my stack of Beta Basics to get them all signed. And I brought the cards that I had signed like 15 years ago at the time when I was a kid to get signed too. And uh, when I got up to Doug Schuler, I said, you know, I, I would like you to sign my mountains for me. And also, I just wanted to show you this. And I handed him the demonic tutor and he looked at it and, you know, didn't think anything of it, obviously. It's just like yeah. an old beat up revised demonic tutor with a scribble on it. But I said, I, I wanted to let you know that when I was, you know, a kid back in whatever it was, 1996 or 1997, um, you came to Syracuse, New York and did a card signing in the basement of the mall. And I had like all these cards signed and this this was one of them. And he goes, Oh, I remember that there was a huge snowstorm and we were supposed to go like somewhere else afterwards. And it was just crazy that he remembered like that event. That, yeah. Like he signed by demonic tutor at. So that was pretty cool. I, I, uh, bought, uh, the, I had that Rick and Morty print from RK post. Mm -hmm. And like, he had no idea who I was, but like a few events later, I was like, Hey man, I bought that print from you a while back. I said, all my students now think I'm super cool, so thank you. <laughs> and I have multiple. Yeah. Oh, you like Rick and Morty? Like, yeah, I do. I'm like, oh, cool. But yeah, so all, all my students are like, really like your print. So yeah, excellent. Uh, so uh, there was the time I'm uh, uh, was with Anthony. We're at the the SCG event and. Uh, uh, ben Stark was there, and I was like, oh, hello, Mr. Stark. And, uh, like, talked to him and said hi or whatever, right? And Anthony mm -hmm. was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you just went up and talked to him. I said, he's lucky to talk to me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a learned doctor. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so. But uh, I have somewhere, it's in my house somewhere, a signed zombie token from Mengu. From, oh, yeah. uh, from uh, uh, GP Oko. Mm -hmm. Or a Pro Tour Oko. Yep. Um, both. Both, yeah. One of our last events. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, that's that's kind of a bummer event to go out on. <laughs> I mean, no. that, that was right before the dumpster fire opened. Said, we went out on event. we went out on the dumpster fire open. That was that was the one to not go out on. Yeah. Dear gosh. The, um, uh, I think the first big event that I went to, I don't, I'm sure that like you were there. I don't know if I super knew you well, though, at that point, um, was a modern, it had to be a GP in Charlotte and I roomed with Nick mm -hmm. and I remember like after day one, we walked down the street to, uh, the Carolina roadhouse or whatever mm -hmm. it was right on the corner there. And we sat down to get a couple of beers and some chicken wings or whatever and decompress and talk about our day like you, like you do at a big event. And uh, at the table next to us 
well, tables next to us. It was like all grinders. So it was like LSV was there and uh, BBD was there and like all, all these huge names in magic were just like sitting at the table next to us. <laughs> and me and Nick like super scrubbed out of day one where we were bad. <laughs> So, you know, we're talking about all our, like, awful stories about how we played terribly and, like, we're sitting right next to LSV. Yeah, <laughs> this is happening. Like, I, think I, I think I have a picture on my phone of me, like, trying to sneak a picture of them. Ah, <laughs> uh, simpler times, simpler times. Yeah. I think what, like, what made it even funnier was, like, that was legit legitimately my first big event. Mm-hmm. So I remember talking to Nick about like, oh, you know, it would be cool if like I saw Reed Duke here or whatever. Like that, that'd be super cool if like I saw Reed Duke. And Nick's like, yeah, I think LSV is my favorite player. Like that, that we had, like had that conversation on the way to the event, and then like at dinner that night, <laughs> Captain America and LSV just chilling. Yeah. Ah yeah, man, it was funny. Um. Hmm. Trying to think of any other, like, wild things I'd opened that I was like, oh, yeah. Um, like, back when they were worth something, um, I opened, like, two on two separate occasions, I opened, like, the Chase Mythic as a foil. I opened uh, Ugin. Oh. A foil Ugin. And I opened a foil uh, Kozilek. I opened a foil Ren and Ren and Six and sold it to you. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I sold, still have it. I sold it for like eighty bucks, yep. and it got up to like two hundred and something. And it got up to over three hundred for a little while. Yeah, set, set. I did not sell it. I still have it. Uh, I mean, you were going to sell it for eighty bucks anyway. It's yeah, that I yeah, bought yeah. it than like some random. Random Shop store got GP. it, yeah. Uh, well, heck, the the Modern Horizons printing is still fifty bucks for the regular one. Yeah, which is wild. The Double Masters version is a hundred and forty. Wow, like the like full art version oh yeah yeah yeah. and then there's some weird printing i've never seen from double masters or the double mm-hmm. masters foil maybe it's the foil i don't know it's it's hard there's so many so many now there was a uh oh gosh what was it a is this the foil um there was a uh cardboard uh crack comic where someone's like oh hey i want oh i forget what the card was elish norn Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, what version? And then the shopkeep runs through, like, every version that he has. Like, I just want the regular non-foil one. And the <laughs> shopkeep goes, that's the one I don't have. God, I hate my life. Yeah, basically. It's like, I've got this one and this one and this one. No, I just want the regular one. It's like, no. Yeah, when they first started doing, like, all these extra treatments and list cards and whatever, I remember uh, sitting next to Anthony when he was trying to catalog like the 10 boxes or whatever he opened to have for in- inventory. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't even know what to do with all these cards. Like I have no clue how I'm supposed to inventory this. Oh, uh, the, the, 
market price on the foil is one sixty five and falling. Yeah. Still turn a like pretty the rest pen- of my collection probably. What you mean and falling or and falling, yeah. Yeah. I need to get rid of some stuff. Yeah. Uh yeah, but the the foil Renin six, I bought a box of Modern Horizons to build to build seals with before that event. Mm-hmm. And that was in there. Yep. That was the that was the, the time I traded a bunch of stuff and got Grim Monoliths. Yep. That worked yeah, out. The, the Ren was supposed to turn into a Grim Monolith or yeah. turn into part of one. Yeah. That that worked out though. Yeah. I have. So many random reserve list cards. Um, <laughs> oh, cool. Grimonolis, $215. There you go. Uh, that, and that's for a light played one. Um, you get a foil Grimonolith or uh, $2,300. Oof. That's a piece of power right there. Yeah, that is. That is that is a powerful, powerful monolith. Yep. Um. So you got got any more stories? Or are we gonna? I'm look trying to grading? think. Like I know, like I've opened Gaia's cradles and Tolarian academies and stuff like back in the day, but they like I don't remember, and they were like ten bucks. Yeah. Yep. I mean, um, and I think that like just the like. So I was talking about how like my wife got me a box of uh, of set boosters. Yeah, we were talking about that in the pre-show, yeah. I think. And um like even opening it, like even kind of the like uh uh the kind of chase cards from it aren't like worth that much. Yeah. Like I guess uh Amondrak is thirty four dollars. But that is that is on a it's kinda of leveled out some. But that's like on the way down. Like, how much is that going to be worth in a few yeah. weeks? The rot priest once he gets banned. Yeah, like I have a rot priest. Uh, those are thirteen dollars or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like the 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 pools. Like, I think like the stuff like that. You know, it's it's harder. I think it's harder now to have like the like ooh I opened something cool. Right, like you're not gonna have as much. Ooh, I opened something of like monetary value anymore, and like the cool cards aren't that cool because there's so many of them in terms of like treatments. Mm-hmm. So, like, are we losing that like memorable open? Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, part of the problem is there's not really chase cards anymore either. No. Like what was the last set where like there was actually a chase card? I think the problem is is like standards not as important. Yeah. And like now the chase cards are commander cards. Yeah. Well, I mean that's what I was gonna say. The last set where I can think of like a chase card was like the first Commander Legends where people were like opening cases to get the jeweled lotus or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh like that was that was that's the last chase card that I can think of. Yeah, so like I don't know. Or I guess like Modern Horizons two with uh, force of negation. Mm-hmm. The old border one. Yeah. yeah, that's what people were were hoping to open a card not even in the set. 
A card not even in the set. Yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah, I think some of that, like, I think some of that is gone now, right? Like, yeah. Like, oh man, I opened super cool thing, and it's like, eh, it's not that super cool. Or like, there's four different versions that are cooler than it. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, so yeah, I mean, that's definitely part of it. But like, we might be a little jaded now, also. Yeah, we are pretty old. And grumpy. Um, like, I know, like, not only has the way that I engage with the game changed a lot, but also my disposable income has changed a lot from yeah. seven or eight years ago or whatever. Like, if there's if there's something I, like, really wanted, I'd, like, just buy it instead of, like, hoping to open it in a pack on pre-release or whatever. You know what I mean? I am, I am similar. Right, like I'm kind of to the point where like there are so few cards that I actually want, yeah. That it's like it makes more sense a lot of times for me to just buy a buy the card than it does to like yeah run out and like buy a bunch of cards. But, but I remember like back when I first got back into the game, M14 was like recent mm-hmm. and a lot of decks needed muta vaults yeah. most of the standard decks needed muta vaults and they were i forget 25 or 30 dollars at the time and just like there weren't any available because people were playing them in modern people were playing them in other formats and there just weren't enough of them to go around so like the price was kind of irrelevant because you just couldn't find them and i remember I had a lot less disposable income then, but also like my income stream was a little bit different and it was easier for me to like buy a pack like randomly a couple couple nights a week or whatever than it was for me to like buy a booster box once a month or once a set release or whatever. So I remember like not scrape and change together, but you know, buying a pack and like hoping to open a muta vault. Or, like, having saved up enough for a Muta Vault but can't find one. So mm-hmm. Anthony would start cracking packs out of a box until he opened a Muta Vault, like, just to sell me the Muta Vault. I think uh, things are different now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think that, like, like you could... I remember th- them just, like, cracking packs just to, like, crack packs. Because on board, I'm going to open a pack. Yeah. That does not seem financially wise anymore. <laughs> no. No, no, not when you're losing your shirt on every pack. Like, yeah. and, and like that's part of the problem is Wizards has sucked all the profit out of booster packs too. Mm-hmm. You know, you used to be able to, you know, a booster box was a hundred bucks, and like that was not a great deal for a booster box because the store was only paying fifty-five or sixty bucks for a box. Um, now a booster box like cost is ninety bucks. And they're selling it to you for 120 and like hoping they don't get fleeced. You know what I mean? And like op- opening a box for singles at $90 a box is not profitable for a store. Um, or, oh gosh. And then you have the, uh, what's it called? Uh, gosh. Like, and then they sell it to you for 120 yeah. but now they're going to sell it. But like, you can get it on eBay for. Not eBay, Amazon for eighty five or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, and like those numbers might be completely wrong. It's been a while since I was at our our LGS. Yeah. So. The like Phyrexia all will be one. Like I have like the the price up for mm-hmm. like the whole set or whatever. Still pretty high. Five hundred twenty-four dollars. Wow. What, does it have a EV calculation there? Um, I have the prices. I don't know where the EV calculator is anymore. This is bad. Tools. Uh, I guess I don't know where the EV calculator is. Uh, it used to be. Let me see if I can find it. What the people want? Clicking on the yeah. energy. Click, click, click. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose the. Uh... Uh, here you go. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna lose the stream if I do that. Uh, here you go. I found it. Uh, they don't, they don't have it up yet. Like, there's not enough oh, data. Okay. Oh gosh, they don't have EVs up for any. Like the, the first set they have an EV for is Midnight Hunt. Oh well. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, the Eve, the EV on Midnight Hunt is uh. <laughs> Decidedly not great, huh? I said, wow. Retail for a set booster is one ten. The EV on uh, a set booster box is seventy nine dollars. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's a rough time. Yeah. Uh, retail for a collector booster box is two sixteen. EV is one forty one. Yikes! Yeah, no bueno. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's hard because like, I don't remember. Like I've opened so many packs, and like mm-hmm. it it, ha- it had to be something really big. I, yeah. I opened a, an Ugin in Fate Reforged Sealed at the pre-release. Uh, it was probably my, an easy win, huh? My entire deck was don't die until I draw Ugin. <laughs> How are you winning? I'm going to draw this Ugin. Yep. It's somewhere in here. This is good yep. times. All right. I think like one of my best sealed pools was also Fate Reforged, and it had a Whisperwood Elemental in it. Oh, God. And... That card's pretty nuts and limited. <laughs> it is very, very good. It's yeah. so funny. Like, that card was, like, a, like, big player in a standard format. Yeah. Don't know if it would get played today. Probably not. We'd have to, like, ETB and, like, give you well, it'd, like, the thing. It'd be an uncommon, not a mythic. Oh, the current one? Yeah. Yeah. Like, at the end of turn, I get value? No, 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 no. No, can't have that. Yeah. Has to say can't be ca- has to say can't be countered. Okay, their EV calculator is weird because it's missing so much stuff. It must be broken or something. Yeah, maybe. Because like it has like EV for like Midnight Hunt to Strixhaven, and then yeah. no v- EVs after that. Hmm. They're all just blank. Hey, but uh. uh a booster box of Dissension retails at $935. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. A booster pack is 30 bucks. 
There we go. How, how much is my unopened uh, uh, Kamigawa collector booster? $25 and going down. No. No. That's no. not where you want it to be. No, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's free, so I can't argue. Yeah. All right. So with all that, I think we have a show? Yeah, I think we got a show. We'll let you get to your, your grading. And then we got a bunch of work to do. It's so 10 o'clock, and I'm like, grade, grade, grade. Yeah. All right. So um, if you want to get at us and, again, give us more show ideas and stuff like that, uh, you can find us on social media. All those links are in the description. So go please check us out and say hi. Yeah, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you're looking to support the show, two ways to do it. First is with our TCG Player Affiliate link. If you're looking to pick up any singles from this set or any other set, um, TCG Player, because it's a marketplace, has some of the best prices around. Everyone's competing for your business. So get some great deals and help support the show at the same time. Use our affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. If you want to support us directly, you can throw money at us at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Yeah, just like that. However much you feel we're worth, you can give to us. Um, In return, you get access to our show notes. You get access to more of us in the form of our pre-show. And you get put on my mailing list for when I have cool swag to send out which should be within the next month or so. Nice. Uh, head on over there and check it out and help us, help support the show. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. All right. What we're going to end the show with, it's magical. <laughs> that was magical. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. And with that, <laughs> we'll catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet. That was magical. That was magical.